Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is Petey Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. And today, we got my main man, all the way from NC, Big NC, Kakalaka, Quentin Hardy. What's good? Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. This is this is great. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, thanks Our for pleasure. doing this. If you guys don't know Quentin, he is a wonderful local comedian. We've known him for a while. How long have you been doing comedy in D.C.? Uh, uh, two years. I've been doing comedy... Right after I moved up here, I think, yeah, like three months once I moved up here, I started doing comedy. Oh, okay. So you didn't start doing comedy in North Carolina. You started doing all. it here. All, all through here. Oh, okay. I remember when he started. I, we were at uh, Shenanigans, right? <laughs> that was a funny movie. Yeah, we were at Shenanigans, and I've, I've been doing Shenanigans for a minute. And uh, I didn't know PD from A Hole in the Wall. And I think I did, I did a set, and he was like, why are you here? Come to Draft House. <laughs> And I think I also met PD at Shenanigans, didn't I? No, I was O'Sullivan's in Oh, Arlington. O'Sullivan. That's right, that's right, that's right. Sorry, wrong Irish pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I remember that and, and being like, yeah, you should go to the draft house and you had some talent. Because typically I see new people and I'm kind of like, all right, most of y'all quit. But I was like... This guy's got it. And I wouldn't just straight up tell a newcomer that just unless they asked me. But um, <laughs> but I wouldn't, you know, misguide them either. Like there were people before you that came along that were new and I would just tell them, yeah, I think you want to stick around these things for a few months, get your weight up a bit and then maybe make a foray into the draft house. Yeah, and I think what happened was we were talking before I got on the mic. I think it was just always as a new comic, you always try to figure out who everybody is. Hey, how right. you doing? Uh, how long you been in the game? Do do what fun have you had doing this? And I think that's something that I wish a lot more new comics would do, or at least one of more older comics would actually be more approachable too. Sure. Is when new comics come in, they actually just say, "Hey, how you doing?" Instead of, "I'm focusing on my set. Leave me alone right now." Right. Right. And do you think the onus is more on the older comics or the newer guys? Mixture of both. Of approachability. Mixture of both. A blend. It's, okay. It's a blend. Uh, it's. I mean, I mem- I remember as a new comic, you you know who's funny from seeing. I mean, I think that's why the pinch was so great. The pinch, mm-hmm. uh, you get to go. All new comics were welcomed, and also that was just a hangout spot. Right. Uh, so that way you can actually say, hey, hey, you had a great set. Do uh, you have any advice? And there really, no one has advice. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Does no one really have advice. I mean, you have advice. I mean, I think everyone's still trying to figure it out. At least. On mm-hmm. the open mic level, I think everyone's still trying to figure out the move. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, only advice you can get to give someone is the typical, hey, don't sleep with any comics. Hey, don't. <laughs> Which uh, so many people don't follow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually talking about that at a show last night. Just like so many people. But, you know. Yeah, I, I, I get it's it. It's true. I'm going to tell the next girl I mentor just be a whore. <laughs> and hope that she reverses on it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe people will do it. You'd be like, if you just sleep with as many, just tell girls, just sleep with as many guys in comedy as possible, and then maybe they, to rebel, they just won't. That yeah. would be great. I mean, but at the same time, I, I, I mean, I think every comic has a bad dating scenario. So yeah. with comics, you're with, you're with them all the time. Yeah, you, that's you're, the thing. You're resem- you have a connection. It's comedy. You have something in common. You're and funny. we all work together at night. And, yeah. you know, it's a... I, I get it. I definitely get it. But yeah. don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I disagree with you, though. I think mo- most of that should be on the new comic to approach older comics. And if they're rude to you... 
I think you just got to deal with it and find someone who is nice or not. Because if you've been in this game a while, like you don't know. The truth is like you don't know how long a new comic's going to stay at it. Right. That's like, true. I started comedy three years ago. Almost no one who started when I around when I started is still around. Mm. And that's three years. You know, you don't know. So when you've been doing comedy a while, like, okay, maybe you're really into this. If you're a new comic and talking to me, right? Right. Maybe you're really into this right now, but are you going to be here in six months? Like, why? No, I agree. The chances are no. I'm right, happy exactly. to say that I've, you know, of the couple of people I've picked to be like, oh, yeah, I think they'll be around. I've batted a thousand. Mm-hmm. Have you really? Yeah, between, <laughs> uh, for at least a year, because you've been at it two. Eddie Morrison's been at it five, and Claire Steiner just got one. So wow, I'm, already? Yeah, isn't that wow. crazy how time flies? Wow. So I kind of like, you know, I'm a fucking kingmaker. No, I'm just kidding. These people ain't kings. And no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I feel, but, and it's cool because, like, when I started, um, I, I started doing comedy through a veterans group. A veterans group, they kind of mm-hmm. taught us how to do stand-up. They kind of taught us how to write a joke. Sure. And they taught us what an open mic was. And the first open mic we went to, it was some sports bar. And they had the Capitals, the Nationals, and the Withers playing. So no one in the bar cared about comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think as new comics go, they, they come in bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Oh, I'm funny. I'm going to do an open mic. And they yeah, really yeah. realize mm-hmm. what this is. Yeah. And after two, three, four months of just no one caring, they give up. So That's I'm, right. I'm glad that that veteran class kind of taught me this is what, if you want to do stand-up, right. this is what this is. Yeah. And then you you meet friends you from that when new comics talk to other comics mm-hmm. you find a road dog you find someone that you get happy when you see him at sure. a place like mm-hmm. oh you're here now we're going to we're going to have fun yeah and those two months go by super fast and to the point where you are two years in three years five years in and you're still having a great time oh yeah yeah i think that sort of the killing of the spirit is important. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's important to last in comedy. I for, agree with that for too. a while. Like, you know, so one thing I miss about being new is I thought I was so funny and I thought, I, I thought I was so great and I thought there was stuff wrong with the crowds. And now I just, I like know too much. Mm, yeah. And I notice so many nuances. My, like, like now I feel like no set I ever do will be good enough. Sure. Right. Whereas in my first year, I was like, I really have a future, but I feel like I've become such a better comic when that went away. (laughs) Yeah. You know. And I think honestly, I think that's why I enjoy doing comedy festivals. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always here doing open mics, and I feel that same exact thing. You like, I I, like, oh, that was this was awful. Mm -hmm. But then when you fly out to a place where it's a different venue, no one knows who you are, uh, no one knows how much work you put into what you were doing, and you kill and bumfuck texas yeah and it, it makes you feel i think that's what keeps me going is uh the traveling aspect of comedy do you do you travel a lot for comedy only for festivals uh okay. i wish i could just pick up like take a mega bus to philly and just do a thursday night in philly i wish i had that kind of drive um but all my traveling i've done came from comedy festivals right which festivals have you done by now in two <sighs> years uh when i first started i did the laughing devils the laughing devils doubles cup up in new york um, from there, uh, San Diego, uh, El Paso, uh, Oak City in North Carolina, Sodacon in South Carolina. 
Um, fucking A, that's five. Yeah. <laughs> that's cra- no, that's great. I mean, I'm just I'm amazed at myself for being off Facebook for a whole year, not knowing about any of this. <laughs> but also, that, that that's that's a big accomplishment for someone two years in, five things at least. Well, I, I think that's the fun part about the DC comedy scene. It's hard to get in. It's hard to crack open that DC comedy uh, to get into the the clicks of yeah. the comedy. And it was, if you want to get on, how are you going to put yourself on? Yeah. So yeah. I looked on Google, saw there was a festival. All you needed was a tape. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll send the tape. And I was asking people advice, like, should I do this? And they were like, no, nah, you're not seasoned. Mm-hmm. Well, screw you. I had a good tape. And that one acceptance came in. And uh, it was fun to see the different styles of comedy. What call it? what comedy in texas is versus what comedy in california is what comedy in new york is versus in chicago to even the little parts like louisville kentucky yeah um i think just seeing the different uh just the different subject matters the different what they're going through what i I find that to be the most fun part about the comedy festivals well i think that makes you a better comic too being able to see other comedians outside this bubble because i think it's very we're lucky in dc that we have so many shows that we can do yeah mm-hmm. like you can you can just stay here and feel like you're killing it a comedy because you can do comedy every night which is great in front of a real crowd but i think and pd and i have talked about this i think it's easy to get lost sort of like in that bubble of just dc comedy and you it's- forget that we're a dot <laughs> like, yeah. and I, you know I, what i mean yeah i mean like i mean dc is a great place i mean you could hit three mics for free mm-hmm. yeah in every night if you if you wanted to when there are people there when there are people there yeah yeah know. yeah there there's an audience at those three mics because you can hit eight not eight mics in new york but are there going to be an audience yeah. at those eight mics in new york and even in dc no. like an audience of four can be a dope audience of four for sure and you can just crowd work for your five minutes there, and you just have a great time. Yeah, that's sure. a, that is a real test of a comic if, you know, you can reap enjoyment for doing comedy for four people. Well, I, I was here last night, and that's what it was. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like the time that we did. In addition to doing five festivals, Quentin yeah. Hardy has done comedy for four <laughs> for people. For people, yeah. <laughs> well, Peter, do you remember that show that we did that I hosted for you that there were two people Yeah. <laughs> That was like <laughs> my first headline. At that the was fucking uh, church of satire. It they was were blast. the greatest. They were the they greatest, were the greatest two people, two person audience. I had the most fun. I, I, they I, were so there to see comedy. They were laughing super hard. They loved all the jokes. They were clapping. I mean, we had a great time. Yeah, and what's great is they didn't even pay to see me. They were the people that won the <laughs> weekly caption contest on the post. Oh, is that right? I didn't yeah, know that. So they would be there every week, you know, in Hanover. It's like, what are you gonna do there? Eat another fucking giant pretzel or? Right. Right, right, right. They, <laughs> had, the they, they were such great audience they were members. Fantastic. I would yeah. love to see Church of Satire because there's no one that they just build it out of nothing. They, they kind of just, yeah. just started, right? Yeah. Like Brian, like in the last year, he yeah. quit his job as an executive in healthcare, just, you know, took a bunch of money, bought out like one portion of a building. So there's like a new age shop that his wife runs in one room. There's the comedy club in the other and then there's this room where there's this kid with autism and his aide who sells 
knives. I'm not like, even it's making like samurai this up. Sword <laughs> swords and yeah, knives yeah. out of like a jewel case. Yeah, yeah, that's that's 100 percent true. It, it, I see the pictures on it on social media, and it looks from seeing how how they built it to what it is now, to people that they got to bring into this uh, to this room in somewhere Pennsylvania, I believe. Hanover. Hanover. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's church they're pews. So, they're such nice people. Yeah, yeah they're, they're such no nice bad, people. I've no, heard no bad things about that place. Yeah. yeah, they offered me free beard oil as I left. <laughs> I just, you know, I was like, Jim, you got bills to pay. Save it <laughs> for the next guy that hasn't heard of a razor, you know? Oh, yeah, man. they gave me my first feature weekend. <laughs> yes, they like, did. Yeah, yeah, and and I had a great time. They're they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, yeah, I mean, there's all these things that just keep popping up as comedy, not only burgeons in D.C., but other parts of the country. And then connections are made between microstitial areas and bar and grills and office parks and breweries and fucking, I'm, you know, headlining uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, this brewery I featured at last month on December 7th. I'm back by popular demand. It feels great. There you go. That's awesome. How yeah. how is how is a show at a brewery work? Is it just like the same? Is it just? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's not even the first one. I mean, like Jaeger had his things at uh, what is it, Lost Rhino or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that girl. Oh, I think I did that show. You did Lost Rhino. I think so. Yeah, it's like in an office park. It, it, you walk yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, um, Leon and uh, Mike Ford used to have, or they may still have it, the Port City Brewery out in, like, uh, I want to say Alexandria. And you walk in there, it's like a platform in these big fucking, like, you know, brewery machines. You'd feel like you're, like, you know, doing comedy in the Zangief stage or something. Right. Eating bananas. <laughs> and... They're great. I mean, everybody's there to obviously drink, and they're going to you know, be loose, and they're going to let you do what you want to do as right. long as you're funny. And, uh, and they're always packed out. Like, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a brewery show where it wasn't a full brewery. Like, people were not just there. Yeah. And it's always a good time. I, Alcohol and comedy are a great mix. <laughs> but, but, but it's bigger than that. Like, I mean, yes, that's important, and I did say that because it gets them loose. But additionally, in these communities that have breweries Mm -hmm. they tend to be out they're all in these like office parks and they're way out in rural america almost Uh where they don't really have all that much to do they have some access to the city but it's like an hour and a half drive Mm -hmm. you gotta pay some tolls you know so it's like you're bringing the fucking city in a sense to them or a taste of the city right and what else are they going to do on that Saturday night but pack it out? If there's not like a high school football game going on or something, you know, right. this is Friday night lights for them. Yeah, I guess time. so. It's a good time. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So, Quinn, what are your goals in comedy? Oh, <laughs> I wish I had one. Um, no, I, I think just to be able to pay my rent. I think honestly, if like I don't know That's how a great long, goal. I don't know That's how long excellent. it will take. If yeah. I could just pay my rent with comedy. Um, I think I'll be happy with just that. Um, I don't really want, well, I would like to, I think that's every comic's dream is to have the Netflix special, to have that. Right. Uh, but honestly, sometimes uh, even with a Netflix special, you can't pay your rent. Yeah, about that? <laughs> yeah. How yeah. about that? But if I could somehow just like for like just one month, like I can still do my nine to five, mm-hmm. but then make enough money to be like, you know what? pocket change boom right I, I would be i think i'll be ecstatic i'll be happy but honestly to traveling if i to just travel all over just to tell jokes oh you that's what you want to do like like to your comedy career at the end of the day looks like 
like you want a tour tour yeah. a touring comedian yeah it's, it's something about talking i think when people hear you're a dc comic I think the first thing they want to hear is your opinion on the politics that's going that's on. That's so true and so incorrect. And <laughs> yeah. And when you get on yeah. stage, you're you're doing 15, 30 minutes, and not once did you talk about it. No. And I think that's just the fun part of when they hear coming from DC. Um, even though I'm not from here, but uh, it's when I had to write down where do you live now, I'm yeah. DC. So yeah, people I, ask me that all the time. They're like, "Oh, you do comedy in DC." I bet it's super political and everyone does really smart, intense political jokes. I'm like, we cannot even say the word <laughs> Trump <laughs> if we want to keep an audience laughing. No one wants to hear it here. But that's the fun part. That, I, I think that's great. It makes our comedy so much better that we uh, don't have to do any of that It's stuff. funny, you know, going all these other places in America, having grown up here and everything, and I get this feeling that people think that who've never been here, that it's all just people in, like, suits and briefcases walking around, passing bills. Or that that's we're, what I thought. Or that we're just dealing crack. That's the dichotomy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I, that's yeah. all I ever hear, whether it was Wisconsin going to college, whether it was fucking uh, doing shows in Chicago or wherever, you know? It's never like, oh, you could just be normal and be here. But I think you got to come to D.C. to realize that. I mean, I think there's a different culture from U Street to Columbia Heights. Like, there's a different vibe. There's a different right. from Adams Morgan to Oh, DuPont. yeah. It's and totally. it's one of those, when you bring people here, the first thing they want to do is do the, the museum tour. And uh, the, monuments the monuments and all that shit. And it's like, this is not, I mean, I think thing when you go to New York, like, Town Square is not New York. Oh, yeah. When you, you live in New York, you avoid Times Square yeah. like the plague. <laughs> yeah. And then you see what... what what everyone likes to go to the food that everyone likes to eat that's not on an internet website um, right i think that's when you fly out when you, they you get a sense of that when you're when you talk about what what it's like riding on the red line uh to make that general public uh know what you're talking about it's a good thing well, oh, that's, yeah. i think that that nat's boo really helped give people an idea of dc because i think also uh, questions i get a lot like when I go back to California, which is like where a lot of my core people are from in Mexico, right? Like two extremely anti-Trump places. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my God, Trump's, Trump lives there. I bet <laughs> there's like supporters and people that work for him everywhere that you have to yeah. see. I'm like, literally never. Everyone hates him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I explained that, that D.C., I mean, we're not a state, but more than any other state voted 98% for Hillary and people were like, really? I'm like, yeah. So I feel like that Nats boo that happened. It needed to happen. It needed to happen. And I feel like it gave people a little bit more of an idea of what DC is like. Yeah. And for the people that don't like it, good. You can stay in Kentucky. We don't give a fuck. Right. Well, well, he got, he got a, he got a roaring applause in Alabama mm -hmm. yesterday. Oh, that. Oh, oh yeah. The Crimson Titan. And they lost the fucking game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. For the first time in Go like 30 Tigers. some games. That's, that's right. <laughs> it was Tigers. the LSU Alabama game. But I also heard <sighs> that they told students. No wonder Jack was such a dick last night. <laughs> 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 Yeah, they, apparently they told Alabama students if you boo yeah. Trump, you lose your student section seats. Oh, fuck that. It's... And there was all kinds of Trump gear around. I mean, my brother-in-law went to the game because he got invited through work stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was showing me oh. photos. Like, there was all kinds of, like, pro-Trump shit. 
And I, I everywhere, and I'm man, like, it's the kiss of death, yo. I don't. Yeah. We lost that game here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if he goes to your shit, you're gonna lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but I think, but that's the. I think as a comic, I think that's the fun part. Is I mean, yeah, you get you get stuck here in DC. You see what it is here, but when you go somewhere else, um, like when I did a show in Ohio, all Trump. We did a show in a barn. These were. And it was, you could see it, and again, you had every comic from Chicago, from New York, from Cali mm-hmm. that came, opened up with a Trump bit, and it was nothing. Really? Opened up with it, and it wasn't nothing groundbreaking. It wasn't nothing that you probably never heard from an SNL, from, it was nothing. At this point, new. it's hard to make a groundbreaking Trump joke, it's, too. Yeah. I think it always has been, because every single day, he outdoes himself. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, is, like, he's so insanely ridiculous, it's hard. <laughs> I think Trevor Noah does a really good job. I think The Daily Show does, does a really good job, because they don't, it's not as, like, on the nose as so many other things, but it's hard to make Trump jokes, because he's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like, I wonder, in the future, whenever people are taking AP U.S. history, if all this shit is could ever even be documented in like one textbook and that if we he isn't impeached how any of our kids are going to look at any of us ever again yeah like i i feel like i'd have to like you know whitewash history or something (laughs) just to prove that i was like a good person in the 2010s i think think in any other country it's the same do you have someone that the country doesn't like that's running and then over time, you make it better. I mean, it just is part of it's it's part of the game. Yeah, yeah. If, it's if you don't like it, go out and vote. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> That's right. People you also get used to their realities. It's like a, like a lot of people, I feel like, forget that like civil rights was like yesterday. Yeah, fifty and years. Segre- years. Segregation, Five. segregation. You know was a, there were a lot of people that were alive and well that are alive and well today that were participating oh yeah in segregation talk about people that you can't look at you know what i mean yeah. but everybody but i feel like the some people forget like how oh, yeah. recent that shit is and it's it's just gonna but again it's gonna be that next generation that wipes it out yeah uh, once they all croak how do how were they raised or how That's are right. they able to adapt and if they're not That's willing right. to adapt then We'll be back here again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see the leader that outdoes this guy, though. I know. Ooh. I know. It's, it's going to be scary. I think with how soft everything is now, I, I, I would love to see in the next 50 years what would the dude in elementary school now, the next elementary school kid to be president, how would he, how would the life would be like when that happens? I think that would be kind of cool to see. Well, I think you say everything's soft, but I feel like one thing, like with sort of like this presidency and all, and like, you know, the Alabama game on Saturday, there's a very strong reaction the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of like anger and aggression the other way. So is that elementary school kid going to be raised mm. now in like the super, mm. it, in like some sort of crazy, more aggressive way? And what's that going to look like? Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he was one of the kids that was like, Telling Mexican students that if Trump gets elected, he's going to deport your ass. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know that's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've heard those reports. Absolutely. (laughs) So, like, what if that kid gets voted in? You know what I mean? For fuck's sake. It's It's terrible. 
it's it's it's, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun time to see. But good thing we have we have cell phones. Everyone's taking pictures. Everyone taking snaps. Yeah, that's right. So it, nothing's not gonna be documented. There's, so there's no privacy anymore. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the truth. People are like, oh, but my but my account was blocked. It's like if you upload anything Thanks. to the internet now, you just got a plan on the whole world. Oh. I don't care how many blocks you have on your shit. It, just like the whole world is gonna see it. And I learned that from my little brother. He he's Snapchat king. There's not a day when we can just hang out and chill if he doesn't have something to post. Mm-hmm. And it's, I never grew up like that. So, I mean, I just have a Facebook and Instagram. That's mm-hmm. all I have. So I wonder if it'll get to a point where people like see a guy like me who doesn't do Facebook anymore. And it's just like, he doesn't have an account. I don't trust that motherfucker. See, I think it's the opposite. <laughs> now, now when people have less social media, I'm like, wow, they're more sane. Okay, but that's I agree, but that's an enlightened viewpoint, I think. Right, like like when I found out my husband didn't have Instagram mm-hmm. when I met him, I was like so much more into it. Like, I was oh my like God. I was like, thank God. I was like <laughs> I was like there's there's some normalcy here. Yeah. Yeah, you turn to a narcissist when you right, Totally, that's, totally. That's life is about me. Watch what I fucking do. And yeah. I feel like a hypocrite I'm living right now are you really (laughs) oh wow this whole thing's been doing live jesus wow hey everybody how many people are watching mr narcissist we got like live six we got a a a fan of one (laughs) what's up girl yeah hey it's p steel the one you logged in no (laughs) (laughs) wow so also speaking of live now weren't you supposed to do or you did a live edition for agt am i wrong yeah i did that that i'm actually doing that again i'm doing that again on the 19th how was that hard yeah uh i think i think everyone uh, you done the y'all done the nbc no i've not Uh -uh. okay um NBC, he just endorsed me. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got all kinds of NBC. We had Frankie here last week. Now we've got Quentin. We've got all kinds of. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't make it past the edition. But, <laughs> but the America's Got Talent is hard only because it's five thousand people's in an auditorium, like in a, a sports arena. So you have everyone that's juggling dogs, practicing their singing, doing bow and arrows with their feet. And I'm just here trying to tell a, a clever dick joke in 90 seconds. Um, That's all they give you? All they give you is 90 seconds. And then, Fuck. But the thing was, I'm thinking that when I first did it, I'm thinking that this was the show. I'm thinking, all right, cool. I'm about to go on this stage. There's going to be three judges. These audience, these um, audience members are going to be the people that are waiting to get on stage next. Uh-huh. Not at all. They take you into a little room, no bigger than this. And it's a room full of 10 people. And the 10 people that they pick are just the parents who's about to watch their kid play Bruno Mars after waiting for five hours. So these are the people that I'm trying to make laugh. Oh, so you so are you not going in front of that arena at no. all? No, you just go in. So do they do they pick so but there are people sitting in arena in an arena watching. No, just the 10. They okay. break it up in 10. Oh, so, 10. So, so you're talking about the early, the audition, early audition phases. Okay, wow. okay. Yeah. And, but I like that, though, because it was challenging. When I first did it, it was, all right, cool. What is my best 90-second clean joke? And it kind of helps. you've got to be clean, too. you got to be clean. So it kind of helps with the writing. It helps with trying to figure this out. And then when it's time to go, it's like, all right, cool. After doing comedy for a year. 
what's the best thing I got? And you take it down there, and if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. But at the same time, you're in a new place. Hit up Mike while you're down there. Enjoy a new scene. Enjoy new food. Have Comedy to me is a vacation, getting it out of here. If I do anything for comedy, I'm going to have a great time, especially if I'm out, not going to work, taking a break. Wow. Yeah, and I think, well, and also with a lot of those things, a lot of those shows, um, like I've heard with American Idol and stuff, I mean, they're looking for certain casting. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, who's the comedian we're going to have on today? You know, and the comedian has to have such and such story. Like, it's it's the same as auditioning for any TV any show, yeah. mm-hmm. which you mm-hmm. get about 90 seconds in a normal audition. And, you know, I think this is one thing that's made me, I think, a stronger, a more resilient comic, I think is the right word, is because I've been to so many auditions where people, like, don't even look at me. Wow. Where you go in the room and there's three people and they don't even, like, sure. they don't fucking care. Nope. Like, you're number 150 that they've seen in the past hour and a half. They like, may have already picked the person. They just say, a lot oh, of the we time, gotta go through they all know these they want. so we don't a get A lot sued. of the time they have. A lot of the time they already have, and they already have an idea of between the three or four people they want, and they're just, they're just not there to see you. But sure. the, sad, the sad thing that I, I learned, though, from doing that was that you need a great sob story. The sob story is what gets you into their favor. And I did not know that when I first did it. So is this in your joke or is this like your backstory that you? Oh, this is just me talking to you guys. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, oh. how is the sob story applied? Is it? Oh, like they just ask you. Quentin so, like, Hardy just tell me about yourself. Grew up in North Carolina as a Wolfpack fan or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, because that's such a huge part of those shows. Is like, <laughs> it's like before people go on stage, they do like the minute and a half long clip where they're like. Yeah, you know mom. where do you come yeah, from yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, and then they like close up on the mom and then the, and then the performer performs like that's a that's a lot of content his mama had for a their cold TV nipple show. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and, and so when i went on when i first did it uh the only thing i was only thing i like ever had to say was oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm a veteran do ba do ba do and they wanted to press and pry like oh what did you do while in the military well and i guess they wanted that sob story and i didn't know as a I mean, most comics were quiet, were reserved. If yeah, I'm only personal when I'm telling my jokes. Right. Um. So when I got off, and the next person got on, all of a sudden this guy was a Purple Heart, lost a friend in Black Hawk Down, and do ba do ba do. I was like, "You're 22. How?" <laughs> like he had so. A script written. Yeah. So I mean, it's um. So wait, he wasn't a veteran, but his friend was. Something like and that's that, his yeah. Story, Jesus. Like, Christ. but everyone, like, yeah, my, I'm playing this song for my mom. She can't make it in. I got a rip in my couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, the sob story is what sells on those shows, but at the same time, it's it's difficult. It's hard, and uh, I don't know. I, I like to just see myself improve. If I can make the judges and folks that's been waiting five hours to see their kid play a song on the piano laugh, then it's like, all right. This is yeah. a solid. This is a solid joke. I'm happy with what I got here. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know what you do in 90 seconds. You have to do like the dim mock from Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 90 seconds is not no, a lot. Like, no. yeah, not, so that's it, less time than you get in New York open mics. Yeah, they give you three at Two. least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but I actually, but once I've, I mean, like I said, it's all art, set up punchline, and uh, once you figure, once I figured out how to write like that. It to, to write a five minute set became a lot more fun because mm. now I could fit more huh. jokes. That's interesting. I could fit more 
more taglines, more jokes mm-hmm. within five minutes. So I can just like, ah, oh, damn, this is, I, I don't have enough time now, which I have more than this five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like Quentin Hardy. My five minutes more than your Netflix. Fashion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's it's a challenge, and like I said, I didn't know I could do stand up. So they're doing I, it. I'm just right. I'm just Fucking grateful hey. and happy. And if there's any opportunity, because like I said, here in DC, it's hard to get put on. So yeah, I just went on Google and tried to find my own way to get put on, and yeah, luckily it worked out. What I mean, where where do you think this? drive of yours and strategic sense come from how you kind of have seems like you've circumnavigated most people in their two-year mark of doing comedy in terms of like all these applying to festivals do you Mm -hmm. attribute this to some kind of work ethic or is it just a a way of working smart versus hard or what would you say it's fun. <laughs> okay, so it doesn't it's, even feel like it's work. It's fun, yeah. I, I, okay. Comedy has, the only part, only hard part about comedy is getting there. Yeah. I think that's always, even just going, waking up in the morning to come to the podcast. It's like the hardest part is getting off the couch to get somewhere. Once you're here, now you get to hang out. Now you get to have fun. Now you can just do what you want to do. Right. Uh, same with going to, like doing a show in New York. It's $15 on a megabus. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if that's all... They're, they're, you can make all the excuses yeah. to not do something. But I made them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's fun. You, Someone out there never knew you existed, and you made them chuckle. Yeah. You can't, it's a fun feeling. Fuck yeah. But I think military, I think uh, growing up uh, on a farm, um, I think all of that kind of just the work has to get done. Only you can put the work in. No one right. else will do it for you. You grew up on a farm. Grew up on a farm, man. No shit. Horse farm. Wow. Shoveling shit, huh? Dude, I'm allergic to hay. So that was... No way. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> wow. So uh, it, it, it was every summer turtlenecks while doing yard work at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, because it, it wow. was like skin itchy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it was that. I think... The work had to get done. I can complain about it. Eh. No one else is going to do it. Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> you know that reference? No. <laughs> There's a Freddie Gibbs video where he's manning a horse farm and yelling at white people. He's like, you don't like to see a black man in charge. Monday, Monday, Monday. We got to shovel some shit. Like, this. oh, it's fuck. Oh, someone sent you the clip. It's got you. Nah, it's. I think that's a. It's a prideful thing. It's. Uh, it was my grandfather's. He he started the ranch, and his only dream was uh, for one of his horses to run in the Kentucky Derby. Did he, that happen? No. Nah. Mm. Wow, it sucks. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't want a. Uh, they didn't want, um, I guess, a black horse to win mm-hmm. at that time. So he did all the other derbies and everything else, but he could never do the Kentucky Derby. So he was a jockey. No, no, he just we we just bred him. Bred him. We, okay. just, we just bred okay. horses, wow. and uh, that's the one thing he wanted to do, and it never came true. So, slowly the business is dying because now all the all my cousins, all the family, were going to college. Mm-hmm. No one's staying behind right. to. So, it's it, it it was great to grow up there. It was hard. Um, eventually, that's what made me play football because I just didn't want to work mm-hmm. right, right. anymore. Um, but it was life. And uh, I think a lot of my jokes that I tell is kind of just as a black dude from a farm town. Mm-hmm. This was my experience now, especially now that I live in a city like D.C. Right. Wow. 
Where in North Carolina? Uh, I say New Bern because okay. a lot of people don't know where the hell Grifton is. Okay. So <laughs> it's Grifton. I don't know North where the hell New Bern is. Uh, yeah, Gr- me neither. Grifton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grifton, North Carolina. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing. Actually, that's a really different story than what we typically. Yeah, get. it is a very different story really? than what we than than what we talk well, about on this nobody podcast. Nobody here really grew up on a fucking farm that I think we've had yet. Have we had a farm person yet? I, feel like I there don't was think one so. That was kind of we've weird had we've had some small like, we've had some serious small, small towns, towns yeah type of stuff, but straight up farm. I think yeah. I think you're the first. Oh, so. Boom. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like I said, it was fun living. Um, I think it made you more family oriented. Right. Because the whole family is around the farm. It made you closer to the church because that's all your family goes to the same church. Right. Uh, all your family goes to the same high school. Um, so, like I said, but it was also, I knew I had to get out of there. Yeah. Right. I knew I couldn't stay. I didn't want to stay there. Right. Um, so, that's why I joined the military and that's why... When I got out, I was like, yeah, I'm not staying here again. Right. right. So I moved to D.C. So in terms of allegiance these days, is Quentin Hardy more toward the Bible or to the flag? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, neither, man. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I, think, I wish I would have said that uh, like the reason why I joined because I was patriotic or something right. like some goofy. My family served. Mm-hmm. Broke. Yeah. That's why a lot of people join. That's That's why a lot of people join. Oh, yeah. I mean, essentially, everyone that joins there is paid to die. Yeah, it it sucks. That's such a fucked up (laughs) way to put it, but true. Well, I mean, it did did a lot more, um, especially if you came from an impoverished town or if you you never had structure or anything like that. It definitely... um, it gave you a purpose. It, yeah. it gave you a job to do. Yeah. It, it gave you something. And back to the Bible part, I grew out of it once uh, I saw that people in church weren't living right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think... Doesn't that happen often? <laughs> 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 no, it, it, it was the weirdest... Like, I mean, so I, I, I hear about other people's church stories and why they left it. But for me, it was... Church was never about what the pastor said. It was always about your family and the folks that came. These were the people that I went to school with, and on a Sunday morning, I get to hang out with my friends again. Right. So I think I learned more about how to be nice to people from church versus anything that the Bible says. Yeah. Community. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that is the big defining aspect of any one of those civic groups, including yeah, that's, religious that's how you groups. live. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, that's how, I mean, yeah, that's that's why a lot of these groups still exist. It mm-hmm. creates community. And a lot of them can hate other communities together. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So we got a couple big things coming up uh, at the D.C. and Arlington Cinema Draft Houses. What stuff? So on the 15th and 16th here at D.C., 7 and 9, we have Sydney Washington. You may know her from Comedy mm. Central and some other great agencies very funny that's going to be a good show um like us on counter currents any one of our mediums for a chance to win free sets of tickets yep and then in arlington on both friday the 15th and then saturday the 16th we are going to have the pleasure of hosting 
Hold the fuck on while I back this shit up on my iPhone. Jordan Klepper, live from the opposition, okay? Uh, Jordan Klepper solves guns and The Daily Show. Uh, 7.30 and 10 on the 15th and 7 on and 9.30 on the 16th. Uh, those are going to be also fair game for sets of free tickets by following, commenting, liking us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Come on. Yeah, and it's getting cold outside. Now's the time to come see comedy. <laughs> this you know, it. it's like it's getting colder and colder. Come be inside, laugh, be warm. It'll be a great time. Winter is the best season for that. It is. It's the best. Se- like we're getting into prime comedy season. These these comedians that come in this time of year, are the best in the country. So don't miss out. Yeah. Make an investment of twenty dollars. Yeah. What the fuck? So what do you got coming up, Quentin? Only thing I got is uh, what's that? That Magoobies, uh Oh, Comedian of the Year? Yeah, that's okay. the only thing I got coming up this year. And that's, it. that's great. I did that in 2014. Is, it, or is this the first round coming first up? Round. First round. Okay, so I should be able to have great advice, but in fact, I lost in the first <laughs> round. So I would just say to know that, I don't know who you're up against. My first round was against Shane Gillis, who went on to win and then, you know, was just on our podcast recently. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, and everything else that everybody knows about. So, uh, but he's fantastic, and he Mm -hmm. really did just murder it. Um, But then, you know, Nazer was there. He took one of the top three, and they both moved to the second round. And then I, the rest of them were all right, but I don't know. Both of them told me I got robbed. Maybe they were just being nice, but it <laughs> happens. Um, but they're trying to pick people to work future weekends, mm-hmm. most of all. That's, I think, the uh, biggest hosting point gigs of that what they contest. Want to do, yeah. yeah. So Andrew's going to like clean. He, he doesn't want to hear as many fucks or as many, you know, this or that he, he demands that kind of thing and so it, much for magoobies for me <laughs> <laughs> well look it took me years to get on there um mm-hmm. i did a couple guest spots one for simbazo and it did well and i was too dirty then yeah. the next year he let me go again with rob Mayer, and then it was clean and it crushed and he said i'll give you a weekend and i I kept emailing him. I didn't get anything for two years. I'd given up, and then out of nowhere, he goes, oh, five shows this weekend, Ali Sadiq, let's do it. And then I went back the next year. You know, it with him, it's always going to be um, – you can't take it personal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, so, I mean, it's I mean, it's a beautiful – the the comedy club there is beautiful. I it mean, is. How it just rises up there, and it's uh, – uh, I did it last year um, – Made it to the finals, but again, I, I, I forgot my jokes. Oh, I got shit. on stage and I, I learned that lesson wow. the hard way. Like your best, your best ammunition is just knowing your jokes. Yeah, so, which is uh, that's happened to me with my pregnancy brain. Taking <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like odd long pauses <laughs> in the middle of my sets because I'm like, wait, I tell this joke all the time, and it's gone. But yeah, we've all been there. So you've got that coming up. Any other? Uh, like I said, with the America's Got Talent uh, audition and then McGooby's. Um, and then I think right now everything I have planned is looking forward towards 2020. 
Nice. So I think that's when all the festivals start kicking back up again and everything like that. Fuck yeah. Nice. What about you, Petey? What do you have coming up? Boom. Uh, this Friday, the 15th, I will be at the DC Improv shows at 7 and 9 in the Lounge Comedy Kumite. Nice. Going up against Andy Klein, my mentor. And then uh, additionally, I think Wendy Robleski's there, Marty Litwack. Um, some other ones. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll do that. Two shows. And then on December 7th, you can catch me down at the Hogsworth Brewery in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, headlining. I don't know who's featuring, but it's going to be great. Come see me do the Dirty 30 and a uh, little party. And for me, just follow me on social media. It's Elena Blondita on Instagram. Elena Torres on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And because lately I've been getting a lot of last minute stuff and I'm doing everything I can for the next month because then I'm taking two months off of maternity leave from comedy. Right so boom, boom. follow me on social media. You know, I just hosted I got to host at Arlington this weekend. Found about, out about that last minute. So a lot of stuff comes up last minute. That's really great. So just follow me and you'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to thank Quentin for coming through today. yeah thanks hey, thank you guys for having me man this is this is dope pleasure we'll do it again sometime and uh any last uh inspirational message to the oh. <laughs> children i'm the last person to be inspirational um all right i think we'll cut it there <laughs> <laughs> peace <laughs>